uh, verses 10 through 14. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in caressing and drunkenness, and not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your flesh. Amen. Thank you for sharing that with us. As we get ready and continue about the urgency, a spiritual urgency, Calvin, I would just ask that urgency that you felt over the last four, five, six weeks, is, is there a new feeling now? A new feeling. And a, a relief that this calling that the Lord is calling you to this moment in time to get, be baptized. Calvin, I just see as you and Wendy are cruising down the road on your motorcycles in the, in the next few weeks and places that you go and those, those uh, on the other motorcycles that you are friends with, there's going to be a new, new glow around that bike as it cruises the country roads of Ohio and, and beyond. I'm so excited to hear about those journeys and where the Lord's going to take, take you in this as you've answered and fulfilled that urgency. Every day... Church every day is filled with some type of urgent stuff. Urgent needs and many, yes, and even many of our wants become urgent, right? Our wants become urgency. But for some reason, for some reason, there's this spiritual urgency that kind of never gets the attention that it needs, and is it because we are on the fence and we're fulfilling all the other urgencies in our lives that the spiritual urgencies never get the attention they need. The Lord knows what we're talking about. He knows it's being brought to our attention. And He knows how it will be received. When someone asks me about baptism, church membership, getting together to talk, or that I need to get with you, I place it on the request as important that there is an urgency. Because it is important and because there is some urgency in their life and in that request that I say, yes, let's figure out time, and yes, let's get together whatever the need may be. Many times since I've been in ministry, it's been so beneficial, so beneficial to meet and help and talk and allow that person to share whatever they need to share, make the requests that they need to make requests, to take care of membership, to take care of baptism, just to hear them out and to gather with them and pray and to see the Holy Spirit at work. Because it isn't long. 
It isn't long in their life and in some moment God does something because they have responded to God. He continues to make it more real to them of what he wants them to do or what he wants to do in their life, where he wants to take them. And it's always, I have those moments, man, I'm sure glad I took the time to talk them with them for this or met with them about that or, or whatever. So often that has happened. I'm always pleased. Pleased by those moments. And I know they're God moments. God at work. This past week, I've been pleased by the number of you that have reached out to me, called, text, uh, sent me a message. What was the name of that book? What was that book that you recommended for the men of your church to get and read? And I just take a picture, I send it, or I type in the name, The Five Masculine Instincts. And I'll continue to talk about this for the rest of the month of June because it is Father's Day month and so forth. And throughout the book, it's going to talk about these five masculine instincts. The first one it talks about is the sarcasm. and goes into detail how men in our uncomfortable nature and our lack of desire to face our weaknesses and to cover them up, we have this attitude of sarcasm. And we use it to cover up maybe our weakness or where we're uncomfortable. Secondly, there's this titled Adventure, the cultivation of new eyes. And it goes into the story of Samson. And if you remember Samson, he lost his physical eyesight because he lost his way and what the Lord wanted him to do, but yet, in his blindness, in the end, he gains a godly eyesight. Ambition, number three. Ambition about a promised land that is lost. And as you can imagine, Moses and God's chosen people talks about ambition. Where's your ambition taking you, men and families? Number four is reputation. Talks about the image of a king and goes into the story of King David. And you know how his reputation and that some avenues where he went, where he wasn't supposed to go. And, you know, his spiritual advisor had come along and say, David, I'm Nathan, I'm your friend, but I'm your spiritual advisor. That's a no no. And then number five, apathy. A world too wide and goes into the story of Abraham. And you know that story as God sent him forth into the unknown to begin a new nation. But I want to get our fence over here in front. So, Angie, would you help me with our fence? And as you see, you know, last week our fence was just down to here, but our fence has grown since last Sunday. And I predicted that might happen, and I don't know what's happening within your life or whatever, but um, maybe your, your fence is a little higher uh, because you're finding your way on that fence. And, and Angie, I, I want to also say, uh, you remember the show Home Improvement? There's Tim Allen and Mr. Wilson. With next, next Sunday's Father's Day, and I really wanted them to come and give a presentation, you know, that, you know, about, you know, Tim was always here and Wilson was up here talking to him. I couldn't get them to come. <laughs> but, but we're going to have 
Paul up here and Timothy's going to be down here. If you know that about how Paul was one that Timothy looked up to and Timothy was a pupil and disciple of Paul. We're going to hear about that next week. So I hope you can come. But I do have some things about on this sense of urgency. Some of the things that might be urgent in our lives. Someone bring them around. So we'll just go that way a little easier. Ah. I'm getting weak in my old age. But just got some things here I want to get out because they become urgent in our life. And again, really about us men, urgent things. All right, we've got, some, we've got the oil. Oil needs change. Car, lawnmower, truck, tractor. Comes to an urgency, that oil has to be changed. Yard work. We've got to get on that yard work. It must be done. We've got to get to the football game. That's urgent. Don't want to miss one minute of the game. We're late everywhere else, but we're not going to be late to the football game. Amen. Oh, man. It's an urgent moment. You've got to just slow down. Let's start a fire and set outside for a little bit. Oh, yeah. We've got to get out there on that golf course. Put around for a while. I really don't know why. <laughs> oh, we've got to wash and wax the car. Urgent need. We're so dry. You live in, you know, you got stone road, stone driveway. Man, that, that dust is covering my truck when I drive out of the driveway one time. It's like, can't keep this thing clean. Oh, I got my tools here. Never know. Oh, oh yeah, I, I, did, I did design this to put some things up here. What else we got here? Oh, yeah, that tool. Got to cut some things here. I don't know if this hang up here. Oh, yeah, urgent. We got to get out there and drown some worms. That is urgent. Yep, urgent need. Might not get that back together. Maybe it'll just hang up here like this. One way or another, use the fish line. Send it over here. You get the idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh urgent. You know, for some reason we, we always get thirsty and we need something to drink. Of course, I got my cooler here. And, oh, yeah. Calvin, I got your Diet Mountain Dew. Just the rest of 12 packs at home. Calvin's, that, that's his drink of choice nowadays. He doesn't go anywhere without a Mountain Dew. Even brought his own last time he was up, you know, six weeks ago. There it is. There it is. Told you. You got to do what you got to do, right? You got to do the do. Urgency. Everywhere in life. Men, are we getting to that point of urgency? And I tell you once again, shared last week, sharing on Facebook, I've been praying for you all week, every day. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone. Men, you must come to a point in your life that you love yourself, and you surrender yourself to the Lord. 
Not because you are perfect. Not because you have it all together. But because you need the Lord 100%. And because we are not perfect, we must take responsibility for what we need from God. For what God needs to do in our lives. The world, Hollywood, the movies, superheroes, their American way. We are either trying to be Captain America, John Wayne, Rocky Balboa, or G.I. Joe. And a whole bunch of other things like that. We must be brave and we must compete hard. We must build these muscles. Yes. Yes. Young men spend hours doing this. Many times, and I brought it to show you, but also I thought my thing might get heavy, so it's to weight this down back here. One for both sides. And these are the 30-pounders, so I can still lift that. Urgency. We've got to be strong. We've got to be masculine. That's what the world says. Novelist, Flannery O'Connell. And he said this of men, and I quote, It's easier to bleed than sweat, end quote. And he's not about talking about breaking a sweat, working out. He's talking about sweating in an uneasy hot seat, of being called out of where you may be in your spiritual walk where you may be in your spiritual understanding. Meaning that the risk of getting hurt physically, being a daredevil, being a tough guy, is more acceptable of a challenge than taking the risk of being vulnerable, being honest with introspection of oneself. In the Jewish culture and for Jewish boys... It's, that's way different for them. They become a man at the age of 13, not by some obstacle course or being sent to the woods to live for 24 hours or fend for yourself or fight off the bear or, or what any of those things. I just want to share, this is in the book. Uh, if you haven't got there yet, it's page 47. If you already read it, uh, just a reminder. Many modern Jews mark a boy's coming of age through the bar mitzvah ceremony. Unlike the feats of pain-filled endurance common in other cultures, a bar mitzvah records the passing of moral responsibility from the father to the son. That before that age of 13, the son's total, all the son's actions and whatever they get into, it falls back on the father. But at this moment, the father even prays a prayer and it goes on how it says, Blessed be he who has released me from being punishable for my boy. This the father prays. Now, now publicly acknowledging as a full male participating in the community, the boy takes responsibility for his own sins. He does not prove himself a man Instead, he takes on the moral work of being one. And that's where we are today in our world and in our country. We've got to take on the responsibility of being that moral 
God-fearing man. Meaning we're all in this together. We're all on this spiritual journey. We are all part of God's church, part of God's creation. Meaning, if there's others on the fence, we share with them, hey, I was there at one time. I know what you're going through. This is what I decided. This is what the Lord revealed to me. This, whatever your spiritual testimony may be, we begin to talk and share with one another. And that should excite us. Leading up to this baptism, Calvin was so excited. He barely slept. He kept Wendy from sleeping. Wendy's texting Angie saying, Calvin's so excited. And it just energized me. His excitement, all the way from Cyrus, energized me for this excitement. Church, we got to energize one another in the name of Jesus, because of Jesus, not in our own doing. From our reading today, Romans 13, 11. I read it from the New King James Version where it says it like this. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of the sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Nearer. Men, are, are you sleeping on that fence? Are you so comfortable up there that it's just pretty, pretty relaxing? Believers, church, this is not a time to be asleep. This is not a time to be inactive. This is not a time of turning a blind eye to the work that the Lord's placed in front of us or what the Lord's need or what the church needs. This is time to get off the fence, to wake up and get with the program. Stand with Jesus. Return to Christ. Be with Christ. Because as it says, salvation is nearer. Nearer. Meaning that Christ is going to return. And after each and every day, it's one day closer. Meaning it's nearer and it is imminent. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's coming again. And we hear in verse 12 and 13, the night... We are living in the night because it is a place of the dominion of Satan. The enemy of God and all who believe in God, all who love God, Satan is our enemy. And we are living in a time of night. But God does not want us to live in that way or in that time. He does not leave us there because he knows he has a greater plan for each and every one of us. He knows that if we are willing to get off that fence, if we're willing to get out of the night, get out of the darkness, he knows when we're willing to stand with Jesus. Jesus is the giver of new life. Jesus is the giver of a new day. And the promises that are there will continue to be filled. And that promise of eternal life is our destination. Eternal, everlasting life. Because Jesus is the day. Jesus is the light of all of us. And Paul says us and to the men. Paul knows full well that there are many temptations. There are many things we can fill our days with. 
and many of them aren't even this positive. These all could be good things, work and recreation and a good cold Mountain Dew. And there's so much other stuff. And Paul knows that. He's aware of that. I know that. But verse 13, what does he say? What does he say? He says, let us behave decently as in the daytime. The way we live in the day for Christ should be the same way we live at night for Christ. Our daytime Christ living shouldn't be different than our nighttime. What's going on, men, after the sun goes down or when no one's around or no one else is home? Let us behave decently. Behave all the time. Behave decently all the time. Live a life without the carousing, without the drinking, without the extra, extra sexual activity. Maybe whatever it is. You might not be, might not be in it, but you, maybe you're watching it. Maybe you're looking for it. Maybe you're just dabbling here and there. Maybe it has a stronghold on you. I don't know. You know. God knows and you know. The debauchery. Old word. Not used to that, are we? But we're used to sex, drugs, and alcohol, right? Absolutely. We know all about that. Live a life without dissension. Live a life of contentment. Not one of jealousy. And it's right there in God's word. I'm not making it up. Paul didn't make it up. It is God's word for the people. Men, I hope we can get off the fence because it's not done there. Verse 14. You can't do this on the fence, but verse 14 says, Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. We can't clothe ourselves with Jesus if we're on the fence. Especially if we're on this little edge. We've got our fence up, these boundaries, and we get down behind here and want to do some of those things. That won't get you to heaven. Those things won't get you to heaven. Those things keep you out of heaven. We've got to get off the fence and clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Hard work, physically and spiritually, takes time, takes a lifetime. Hard, hard work. But you can do it because Jesus, Jesus wants to be your Lord and Savior. He wants to be your freedom. He wants to break those things of bondage. He, and he's taken it to the cross already. He just needs you to step down and say, all right, Jesus, I'm going to be obedient. Jesus, take control. I surrender all. Jesus. Whatever the challenge is, you may have to say it every hour. You may have to wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, for getting me up out of bed today. And Jesus, help me walk, get to where I need to be, help me get to work, help me avoid the things that I know I need to avoid. 
Worked in my attitude, worked in my thoughts. Jesus, bind up this temptation. Whatever it may be for you. You may have to say it every 15 minutes. Jesus, help me stay focused on my work today. I don't want my computer to wave off my work page to go view anything else. Jesus, help me stay away from that, those buddies of mine that's going to offer me that weed and that marijuana and those other things that they do that they're going to try to get me to do just so we can kick back and slow ourselves down. Jesus, you don't want me living with my, my, my significant other until we get married. You're going to have to work on some of these desires. Jesus, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to say, Jesus, you're going to have to help me with this. You've got some financial needs, and you've done all you can. You're going to have to say, Jesus, you're going to have to give me a new understanding. You're going to have to help me. And here's a couple ways you're going to have to help me in my understanding with this financial need, because it is beyond my capability, my time, and my pay grade. Jesus, help me. Gets us back to that part, don't worry about tomorrow. And and if that's a struggle for you, you may have to say it throughout the day. Just say, Jesus, take this worry. Jesus, I, I can't worry about this any longer. Jesus, I can't worry about the kids that have left the nest. Jesus, they are in your hands. You love them more than I do. Jesus, my family's headed 10,000 directions today. I can't go with them. I can't chaperone them and protect them. Jesus, you've got to go and take care of them. Whatever your challenges are, put it in the hands of Jesus. Clothe yourself with Jesus, but you have to get off the fence. Or you're going to fall. You're going to hurt yourself. Jesus doesn't want us to fall. He doesn't want us to hurt. He just wants us to come to him. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we live in a world of spiritual urgency. But if we are so busy with our own urgency, wants, and needs, we're not seeing the spiritual urgency that's all around us. We can't see it in our own families. We can't see it in our own church. We can't see it in our own communities. But, Lord, it is there, and you're going to have to give us eyes to see it. You're going to have to give us our hearts that hunger for a desire to change our own urgencies to being godly, to being one with the Lord, to doing what the Lord wants. So, Lord, there is an urgency for spiritual growth within this church, an urgency for spiritual direction and a pathway so that all who gather, all who worship, all who become members, all would become one with the Lord in their spiritual growth. And that urgency for all of us would bring glory unto you, Lord, and that we would see greater things yet to come for the ministry and potential ministry of this church out into this community because of that urgency that we take up realizing our own spiritual needs. Father God, have, have thy way with us. And even prepare us, Lord, 
in our many get-togethers and gatherings over the next week and families next week with Father's Day. And as we hear from Paul and Timothy in that direction that you gave each of them and that they gave each other and that we can, what we can learn from it, Lord, and even from these things of the masculine instincts that we can read about in your holy word. So, Lord, Jesus, thank you for being the giver of new life. Thank you for making each day new. Thank you for the promise that you provide everlasting, eternal life for all who believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this, these listening ears. And in your name I pray. Amen.